Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Uh, today we have some interesting topics for you. A couple follow-up uh, topics as well. Some things we're revisiting that we promised we would. Uh, so I get into uh, Boeing, and we've talked in the past that they've been having some issues with some of their planes, and they're having more issues with different models of planes, but they're not being grounded. Uh, so we're going to get into that. And then I bring up U.S. getting harsher in terms of cybersecurity, in particular against Russia. And we may have done a little something-something with their electrical grid. And I know, don't know exactly what all that means, but we did a little something-something with their electrical grid. Tim, what did you bring to, uh, for some current events today? Yeah, so a couple months ago, we talked, or it was about a month ago, we talked about Beyond Meat, the first plant-based mm-hmm. slash vegan IPO. Yeah. Uh, first company that was publicly traded that's into that space and now there's a new player tyson foods has entered uh the competitive arena in terms of of plant-based uh products so we talk about that competitive relationship what that means for the industry uh and which one which company we would pick in terms of where we get our plant-based food from so pretty cool cool discussion there uh we also i I read an article on on inc.com and a psychologist made a pretty interesting claim that blew my mind about procrastination and explained why lazy's, laziness itself isn't why we procrastinate, but it's something different. So we talk about that. Uh, we talk about ways to overcome pr- procrastination. And it's a very tough thing to do as, as a person to overcome procrastination. So give us some cool insight on that. So what do we get into real life experience? Yeah, we, uh, so we recorded this on Father's Day. So our RLE, uh, we each gave uh, some things that um, stood out to us about our dads, stuff we were thankful for, uh, some awesome things they did while we were growing up, and things they still do while while still raising uh, Tim and I. So we uh, we just do a little dad shout out for our RLEs today, uh, just because you know parents are the bomb, and you know, whoever raised you, hopefully both, but you know, they do a lot for us. So be extra thankful on days like today. And then we finish with uh, with book talk, of course. And today I bring in one from Gary V. Had some heavy hitters talking about personal brand from his book uh, Crush It. So get into that a little bit. And then Tim, I know you had some uh, pretty awesome book talk that I got excited for as well. Yeah, I covered one of my favorite books, How to Win Friends, Influence People, by Dale Carnegie. Uh, talk about seeing people not as what they are, but what they could potentially become Mm -hmm. so we talk about what that means what you can do uh, with your close friends close relationships to build someone up so i think that was a cool discussion Uh, if you guys ever get a chance uh, 30 seconds leave us an itunes review Uh, if you do we'll give you a free laptop sticker uh, and mine looks pretty cool on my laptop so i like mine mine looks pretty great too and we just ordered a new shipment so we got more coming in so plenty more feel free to leave us a a review Uh, enjoy this episode episode 60 yeah, I was I was reading through, going through Flipboard, actually. Shout out to Flipboard. Great current events. Um, and we've talked before about Boeing having an issue with some of their uh, planes and saw an updated uh, article on that. And so it's their Dreamliner uh, fleet of planes. And Boeing is not grounding them. And let me pull this article not grounding, uh, despite admitting a, quote, risk to the flying public, end quote. So what's going on is, I guess, the fire switch. So in case of engine room fires, things like that, leaks, um, 
the switch would engage the extinguishers to put out that fire. And sometimes the switch is not working, not engaging. So they're having a malfunctioning switch. And one of the pilots was like, you might end up, if you're doing a transatlantic flight and that thing happens, like you're flying three plus hours with one of your wings on fire Mm -hmm. and nothing you can do about it. You're over the ocean, but they're still not grounding the planes. Uh, So what they also had to say was, FF, the FAA issued an airworthiness directive, mandatory instructions to air operators, announcing that the problem is, quote, likely to exist or develop in other products of the same design, end quote, and that, quote, the potential exists for an airline fire to be uncontrollable, end quote. Mm, that sounds assuring. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it, the FAA stopped short of grounding the aircraft um, and instead ordered airlines to check the switch every 30 days. I'd be like, yo, let's just check this bitch every day. So they're saying that's only in Boeing's planes yeah, so, or all so it, it's, it's No, it's the uh, Boeing Dreamliner fleet. It's a 787 okay. Dreamliner fleet. Is the fleet. FAA, like, that's the governing body that governs, governs all aircraft? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They're, that's the Federal Aviation Administration. Okay. So the okay. So they're they're like the law of the air, pretty much. Okay. Uh, but back in March, when we talked about it, was Boeing seven thirty seven Max aircraft fleet that had software malfunctions, and was suspected of causing two fatal crashes. So Boeing having some issues, having some issues. Yeah, it sounds like. And, and I think it's. I wanted to get your thoughts, and and I want to try to look at this from both. Uh, CEO and a profit-making business perspective, and then as consumer and safety, maybe uh, that side as well. But the fact that you you openly admit publicly that you are having issues with a fire switch in your planes, and you're still not grounding, even when pilots express concerns, especially with a transatlantic flight. Like if you're over the ocean, one of your wings is on fire and there's nothing you can do. Oh, sorry. Like you don't want to ground those planes and, and fix those. But then as a business, that's a lot of money lost too. And I haven't checked their stock recently, but I don't think it's going up, Tim. I think now's a good time to buy into Boeing personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry to be that guy, but I have to put that hat on too. Um but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on on this from both ends. Like, you put planes out of commission, you lose a lot of money. But regardless, I think you're still going to lose some money from having such issues. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if long-term you might lose more with your consumers knowing that you know about this issue and you're still not grounding. Yeah, I mean, if you're the CEO of Boeing... Your first priority is the people's peace of mind and perception of your brand. One would think. That would be. I mean, you ask my opinion. That's that's what I yeah. would do. So if yeah, even if you're going to lose money grounding a plane, you need to do whatever you can to make sure that you're making your flights and your planes as safe as possible for the people. Because your customers want to be as close to your operations process as possible. Like if all they see about your company is is these types of articles and you're you as a company aren't aren't making proclamations that you're trying to fix these things, whether it's from an operations perspective, like the way you build the planes, or if it's taking planes out of commission. I think 
in the long term, you're going to be successful and still have loyal customers if you show them that you're taking steps to make it more safer instead of having continuous articles like this come out. Because you said this is the second time this year that something like this has come up. Yep. So I think you're going to be losing customers if you have stuff like this going on and you as a company aren't being transparent in your ways of fixing it. Because at the end of the day, your, your customers want you to communicate how you're trying to fix the problem. Sure. And it seems like with this, they're just shortcutting it. They don't want to, they're more concerned about the short term than the long term. Putting I agree with what you it. said. So, yeah. It's like put, just putting a band aid on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you're Boeing. You're, you're one of the top companies on the Dow and on the stock market. Yeah. Like, take you the can, money you, to you, fix you, it. You can afford to take a little hit here. Like, yeah, I just think it would be a shorter term hit if they did that instead of trying to push through that. Mm hmm. I don't know. So, I might look at some Boeing stock here soon, Tim. Yeah, you should. <laughs> That's good. I'm good on that one. What you got, man? Yeah, I appreciate you uh, doing a current event as a follow-up to something we previously talked about. Cause yeah, especially if it's a separate type of plane, <clears throat> a separate type of issue. What's going on with your manufacturing? Or are things just not being checked and updated mm -hmm. as as soon as they might need to be? Mm -hmm. I mean, you use planes for a long time, but maybe you need to do some different checks, maybe some sooner updates. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, yeah. You're welcome, Tim. Thank you. Thank you for thanking me. Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, Beyond Meat, the first uh, yes. vegan IPO. Yeah. And it did pretty well, but we did discuss how there, there would be a possibility of other players coming into the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Beyond Meat was the only publicly traded company that had that offering, plant-based meat. Yeah. So it was doing well. But last week, uh, Tyson Foods released a pea protein burger last week. So they are also Interesting. officially getting into the space. And Tyson at one point owned uh, Beyond Meat. Like they were a subsidiary under it. And oh. So Tyson had been giving funding to Beyond Meat to, to start it up. And you knew at the back of their mind, Tyson knew that they would have to be competing with them in the space at some point. Uh, so Tyson, pretty much they're, they're blending ve vegetable protein with animal protein as its first big step into this new product space. Because I, I think you're going to see a lot of other companies doing it. Uh, the pea protein burger is going to be available in the fall. And it has 40% lower calories than a traditional hamburger. And Tyson thinks that what they offer right now is better than Beyond Meat too because it still has the animal base and allows it to cut the calories off of a regular hamburger, but still have a better taste than what Beyond Meat has. Hmm. So I think it's interesting. You're going to see more and more companies coming into this space and Beyond Meat's going to have to get a little creative in terms of how they're going to differentiate themselves. But uh, because of that, Tyson stock went up 2% and Beyond Meat stock went down 4% because of typical competition coming into the play but interesting as we both know this is, i mean stock stock market's long term yeah two and four percent respectively yeah yeah immediate reaction but I, it, it speaks to a, a larger thing that's going on i mean it's going to get more competitive for beyond meat yeah and and good on you know a lot of restaurants and um, food companies and things like that for trying to be more uh, accommodating to people with intolerances and allergies. Like I've noticed that's a really big thing is uh, restaurants and companies like this are becoming more accommodating. Mm -hmm. And 
yes, they, they want to continue to make money. They have to pivot. They got to move with the cheese. Uh, but so there's always the kind of the, the critic of food and ingredients and nutrition coach side to where it's like, okay, what else is going into the foods to make it still taste a lot better? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just always wondering what the ingredients are. If they're all like, you know, organic, like um, good nutrient dense, plant-based things, and there's no garbage, no additives, preservatives, things like that. Knock yourself out. Sure. Uh, but I'm always interested what, what else is going into. Um, and you, you, you sent that uh, like vegetable-based chicken nuggets in the fall too. Mm-hmm. For Tyson. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious how they're going to do that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, just cause like, I'm not like a black bean burger guy. I'll have a turkey burger, you know, mm-hmm. I'll change it up with that, but I still like my meat. Yeah. But no, uh, good on them for, like I said, being more uh, accommodating to intolerances and, and allergies. Just, I always think be, just make sure the rest of the stuff that's in that is not going to be harmful to you either. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest question here is from a competitive standpoint, you have beyond meat over here mm-hmm. that their whole operation focus is to develop plant-based products. Like that's all they do. Sure. So they have more resources, energy, time, ideas, research and development focused on that. And then you have Tyson over here while they're a big brand name, like people just recognize it and they've been around for a while, brand recognition. They're all, I mean, I don't know how much of their operations and R and D and everything they're putting into plant-based stuff. But the question is, do you go with the company that's focused on this and is going to be more transparent in its operation process because that's all they do? Or are you going to go over here and be loyal to a brand you've been buying to for, for years and years who are just getting into it but doesn't necessarily specialize in the plant-based? And what you said about what, what goes into it. Being transparent with your customers about what's in it, uh, who's going to be the best at doing that. So, um, Yeah, on, on that, I think... Like if you still get things from Tyson that that you know you feel good on you you perform well on whatever it may be, you know buy those things. But to your point, Beyond Meat is focused on that. Mm-hmm. They're not focused on uh, chicken, chicken tenders, chicken breasts. They're not focused on everything else. You know, at a, certain, at a certain point, as we all know, you get bigger quality can go down mm-hmm. potentially. Beyond Meat is focused solely on that everything beyond meat so i i think if you're going to start somewhere i might look at them first just because that is their specialty mm-hmm. like that that is what they're here to do and make yeah not a knock on tyson they just have a lot of other irons in the fire mm-hmm. so you know buy your tyson whatever you need from them if you're worried worried about brand loyalty but if you're like hmm I almost feel like I'm cheating on Tyson here, but beyond me, like that's what they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what they do. Yeah. So you know, are you gonna go to the mobile wireless off-brand shop on the corner, or are you gonna go to the Apple Store? Right. It's specialties. Mm-hmm. I'm so. interested to see how this competitive relationship develops, and who, yeah, and who else comes into it next? Yeah, right. I uh, damn, kind of wish I would have bought some Beyond Me IPO. <laughs> But Still get in now. I, I could. I could. I don't know if I want to spend money on that at the current moment, Tim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thank you for your follow-up. Hey, no event. problem. 
What else you got? Uh, cybersecurity. Woo! Uh, especially with Russia. So apparently uh, the U.S. has gotten more aggressive in targeting Russia's electrical grid. And I'm not going to sit here and talk like I know all the words meaning that I'm about to say. So I don't know exactly what all that means, but I'm going to try to get into some of it. So I guess in last year, we've gotten more aggressive on our cybersecurity, especially in terms of uh, keeping an eye on Russia. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Within last year, we hammered down more on Russia. That's a big debate. U.S. and Russia, U.S. and Russia, U.S. and Russia. All right. Nothing else to do. But cybersecurity is important, I agree, because uh, I think that's the future of warfare. But uh, I guess we put some type of malware inside uh, Russia's system um, and it was a more aggressive maneuver than we've tried before. And I guess the efforts appear to be part of a move by the Trump administ- administration to deter potential attacks uh, from Russia by demonstrating that the U.S. is willing to deliver that same type of attack. Mm. So I guess we're trying to put the hammer down before it really needs to be brought down, but just to show that we have the biggest hammer, maybe? Question mm-hmm. mark. So... Again, I'm not super aware of, of all the ins and outs of, of types of malware you can implement in other people's uh, cyber network, but that's, it seems like we're taking some pretty aggressive man- maneuvers here, and I mean, if it's a headline here, it's a headline there. I don't know how they're going to respond. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're always at odds of like, well, we, we have nuclear weapons, so so do we. We're really big, or so are we. Yeah. Uh, I think our allies are a little better, but at the same time, I don't know how, like I said, what the response is going to be from Russia cyber-wise, knowing that we've allegedly gotten more aggressive with ours mm-hmm. against them. Yeah. Specifically. So this isn't really us with the intent to start cyber warfare, but us just saying, hey, if you try to cross us, we have the tools and the resources available. Pretty much. Yeah. Like like Trump telling North Korea, I have a bigger button. <clears throat> yeah. Sounds similar. That seems to be Trump's I, uh, MO with, with a lot of things. Having hey. the bigger button. Yeah. Like showing that we, not just hiding, but just showing like, hey, like we can match you. <laughs> <laughs> we can guard you. And, and look, I'm all for standing up for your own. Yeah. You know, stand up for yourself. You're not going to, you know, don't let America get pushed around. I'm all mm-hmm. for it. Uh, I'm just thinking, was this, you know, is this something that is good to release publicly? Uh, is this something that maybe you play closer to the chest? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm not in that high up in government or in cybersecurity. So, you know, again, I don't know the lengths that Russia may go to if they're even aware they have to be this is headlines here mm-hmm. um if they're pissed about it if they're gonna come back with something more heavy hitting i don't know mm-hmm. but yeah it seems like it's uh hey we're gonna do this because we know we can test me yeah and this this does i was reading here this does have something to do with the the cyber attacks on the the, the midterm elections of course it is the internet research yes. agency yep from russia yeah, so that's great, dude. That's just crazy how they have they like hire people to troll the and, elections, and and so I'm like the fact that that's a job. <laughs> he, he, here's the other thing, 
you're telling me in all the presidential elections we've ever had that we had internet with and and marketing and branding and things all those elections you never thought we had one issue until now not one issue i don't know i just think at a certain point i think we're wasting time and resources on chasing air mm-hmm. i don't know i just I, I seem it seems that we do a lot of things towards this avenue and we don't have a lot of results or solutions yeah. coming yet or maybe at all it's like maybe we do maybe they kept that behind closed doors maybe maybe this is just to give a peace of mind to the the public we have it uh, yeah i guess a little bit i mean it doesn't really not that i'm overly worried every day about this but it's not like i'm calm reading this it's like mm-hmm. meh <laughs> all right great let's wait and see so i just thought it was interesting to note that uh we're still on the cyberspace especially with russia but i think sometimes we you know we go full force and don't tell us about it uh because it's that important but part of this just seems like it's a headline i don't know yeah that's just me but appreciate you bringing it, it to it, light though. I, I, I did mm-hmm. not give you a super sad or yeah really dark current event today. Thank you. This is it was, great. It was a little lighter. I was just a little more critical, but not super dark. Hey. So, so I hope you feel more uplifted. Dark events are fine here and there. <laughs> week in and week out though, man. Bring us some happiness. I just came in easy like Sunday morning. But it's good to keep people woke. Ah. People just want to hear the good stuff. So yeah. I think it's good. I, Appreciate you. That was a pretty That's good, a uh, pretty good lyric line I dropped there too. You just kind of glazed right over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> dick. All right, <laughs> what else? Didn't, you got? He, didn't hear any lyrics, man. <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> uh, so this article blew my mind. Uh, so that must have hurt. In, in regards to procrastination, so most people think that uh, procrastination is. Because of laziness, mm-hmm. not wanting to do something. Okay. I've always thought that. Okay. Um, but a psychologist named Dr. Fuchsia Sirois, I'm not going to try to pronounce that right, but she's a professor of psychology at the University of Sheffield, said that it's not laziness that causes procrastination. Because logically, we would, I mean, it doesn't make sense for a person not to do something when there's negative consequences. Like, just logically, that doesn't happen. But the reason why people don't, overcome procrastination is because of emotions their emotions around Hmm. the task so it's not a question of with procrastination it's not a question of just completing the task but it's a question of being able to immediately manage the negative moods that surround the task okay so that make sense so take me through that so say it's a task that say it's something you you even enjoy working on yeah, and you're just procrastinating, and you're like, "Oh, I just don't want to do it right now." Yeah, like so. So walk walk us through that. So like, if you have to do, if you have to run or prepare a report for work that you just absolutely hate doing, it sucks, and you and it's due Friday, and you got it on like Monday or Tuesday, and, it, and Thursday rolls around, and you procrastinated not because you just didn't want to do the task, but because you actually hate doing the task and you associate everything with that task around bad moods. Cause every time you think of doing that task, you get in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. It's not because you physically can't do it. Cause 
you you have to do it because if you don't do it, you're gonna get in trouble. Yeah. That that's not why you've waited that whole time. It's because you just don't like doing it. So I think some steps I have is you need to be able to manage that negative mood and turn it into a more positive mood around doing that task. So I think first out, first out, like when you're procrastinating on anything like that, question why you're you're procrastinating in the first place. Like why why haven't you do this? And it's because you don't like doing it. Well, ask why you don't like doing it in the first place. Understand why you're procrastinating in the first place. Because you yourself know that you know how to do it, but it goes back to self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Understand why you're feeling a certain way. What's, what's the roadblock? Yeah. So that's the first step is, is, is doing that. And then ways to get out of doing something that you don't want to do like that and creating positive emotions. Think of benefits about how positive you'll feel when it's done. Like think about what else you'll be able to do with your time that you actually like enjoying doing because you got that job done. Yeah. And I think thinking about it in that way will create positive moods around doing that thing that you were initially not thinking of doing because it's literally a step towards doing something that you want to do, Yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I've never thought of it in terms of emotions, but it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you put it, no one wants to have negative consequences for something. Right. Like, no one is seeking, oh, I hope not, seeking negative outcomes. Yeah. Why would we put off a task because of that reason? That's the thing. There's, yeah. there's another reason why you're, you're not doing it. Uh, and I think it's important to give yourself, like, personal rewards and incentives about doing something as well. Like, give yourself something to look forward to when you're done. Like, obviously, you get to go do something else that you like doing, but... I think it's important to, to reward yourself. Yeah. And and this is kind of perfect because I've uh, recently ha- had this type of procrastination mm-hmm. to where, like, I know the roadblock. It's just I'm still not doing it to where now certain things do have deadlines to where it's like, okay, it has to be done. Mm-hmm. But now it's like as a result of being done with this, what will I have? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, push, keep pushing through this. You get um, this recognition, whatever it may be. But it's like okay, I showed that I finished that, and it's good work. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, and and like you said, kind of add something to it, whether it's you know throw some music in the background yep. or, or whatever it is, or go to a, your favorite coffee shop, or shit, go to your favorite brewery. Yeah. And, and have a beer while you do it and enjoy your working space mm-hmm. and then and you also when you change your environment you never know what kind of inspiration you may get even from other people <clears throat> you may have a random conversation in the line while you get in your coffee or with your waiter or waitress while you know you're ordering your beer mm-hmm. and something might come to you like oh man that's good yeah and just like it gets the juices flowing, you know? Yeah. So uh, I, I like that you really brought this up because I think this mm-hmm. applies to a lot of people, including us. Yeah. I and know me especially, but this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And going back to what I said about incentives, when you're doing a task, if it takes like an, if, it, if it's a long task, maybe it takes a half hour, hour, two hours, give yourself like time to checkpoints of each time. Like when you, when you get to this certain part of the task, that you mm-hmm. reward yourself by taking a drink of beer or something. If you're doing work from home, like get something that you can like look forward to throughout, Mm -hmm. like whether you want to give yourself the reward after you've done the whole task or give yourself checkpoints. Like if you're, if you want to mix working out, when 
at checkpoints do 10 push-ups every time. Like, yeah. do something that's going to, like, take your mind off of it and do something that you actually, like, enjoy doing more as, like, a, a process towards progressing in the, in the actual task. Yeah. Like, doing things like that. Yeah. Like, build fun into it, so. I'm all about the movement every yeah. every break. Yeah. Like sit, sit-ups every time you yeah. hit the 15-minute the mark in this task. Or, or if, like, you work for an hour and you need to check your social media, you need to check your phone, mm-hmm. then, you know, Get up, walk up or downstairs, wherever you need to go. Get a fresh glass of water while you're checking your stuff. And by yeah. the time you get back up, you're pretty caught up. All right, back to it. Yeah. So you get up, you move, you walk, you get some fresh water, you check your things you need to check, and then it's back to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, give yourself that time. So I like that. Yeah. The, the rewards with it, too. But, man, yeah, procrastination, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a heavy hitter. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. No problem. What you got uh, for RLEs? Yeah, so I thought today we could do, since today's Tuesday, but th- we recorded this on Sunday when it was Father's Day. So I feel like today we should we should spend our time thinking about how our dads have impacted our life experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, like I got a couple, like three things for my dad. So my dad, he uh, he was like heavily engaged with everything I did. Because when we talked to Bob Vito for our episode, he thinks one of the more important things for parents to do is to stay engaged with whatever their kids are doing mm-hmm. and don't create that disconnect. And I always admired my dad because he, he had a pretty tough job. Like, he's a lawyer, and he, he had a pretty strenuous work, but he always found time to come to all of our events, like whether it was a, a, our baseball games, golf tournaments, uh, anything with school, and one thing that like sticks out to me about my dad is he was at most of my golf tournaments and I was really hard on myself when I, when I played golf, like I would get down on myself and every time I would walk off a hole after like having a bad hole, I would be in like it's such a shitty mood. But my dad, every single time he would always have the biggest smile on his face. And what sometimes I just didn't treat him the best. Cause I was just in, in the moment. Like, yeah. like when I say don't treat him the best, I kind of just like ignored him, brushed him off, just sulking. Cause I didn't play well. But he always returned it with a smile. He he never like deterred. Like he, I could just always count on him being like a positive influence when yeah. I was whether that was basketball, whether it was golf. And I always admired that about him because he's that was the other thing is like he just finds enjoyment like out of everything. Like he he like he laughs a lot. Like he he knows how to find the enjoyment out of every single thing, whether it's a a bad situation. He keeps a positive mindset. I think that's a big reason of like who I am today because I think most people would describe me as a positive person. I don't really get down on a lot of things. Dude, I don't know. You're pretty negative, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I just think I got that from him because he, he was always positive about everything. And he knew how to take things seriously when he needed to, but he also had just a, a greater perspective about everything going on around him. Like he was thankful for what he had and he didn't let that bring him down on, on things that should have brought him down. Yeah. Um, and just the last thing is he just supported me in whatever I did. Um, whether it was like something that he had never done himself, whether like a career path, like when I, when I tried to go the sales route, he, he never did sales and he always had like a, 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 a job outside of sales, but he understood that that was what was best for me. Mm-hmm. And that was everything. And it, it's always gratifying, like as a son to, be able to go out and do things and I always know that I'll have my dad's approval because he's he always wants me to go out and try new things and, and do things for myself. So Yeah. Thankful for my dad, man. Happy Father's Day. I'm gonna yeah. face I'm I won't be able to see him later today because he's up in Fort Wayne, but I'll be I'll be FaceTiming him this afternoon. Yeah, so. I was thinking doing the same. I'm not gonna head up to the lake. 
Um, but no, I was gonna say I've I've never met someone who didn't say uh, after they met you that didn't say uh, you were one of the more positive people. Mm. Like you just yeah, like you said, you're a happy dude. You have good energy. Um, I mean, rarely do I see you outside of that, but it happens. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're a happy-go-lucky dude. Yeah, that's why that's why people like being around you. Yeah, you know they they want to be around happy people, not someone who's like, um, yeah, I guess I'm doing okay. It's contagious, man. Um, yeah, you get what you put out, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, good lesson for for me too, always to keep that one in mind. But that's cool that your dad always you know, just got you back. Mm-hmm. He's the man. Yeah, and uh, you know there's some similarities with like my dad was always at cross country meets all the mm-hmm. time. And he made a lot of basketball games too, uh, but he, he was he was the one who got me into running too. And he was more of a runner than a ball player. So even if it was Tuesday night meet, you know, I'd be coming around a corner and I didn't know, but there he is. There he is. And then uh, you know he he would hit me up on nights that I had basketball games. You know those Friday night games, and uh, he would sign off like you're your number one fan. And I'm just like, oh, shot through the heart, man. <sighs> But it's just like he was my guy, you know. He he was he was there like your dad was there for your golf, and I'm like, man, this dude does a lot, and he still comes to all my stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was always pissed though Saturday morning cross country meets when they'd all go to breakfast and I was sleeping on the ground to get more sleep before my race, and then I could eat. But <laughs> I was like, sons of bitches. Thanks for the invite. I want some pancakes. I know, right? And uh, but. You know, I really appreciate how much of an entrepreneur he is, too. Like, the dude's a, he's a hustler, man. Um, he, he's in a bunch of different things, and he's, I think, enjoying life because he has a couple less things he's, he's doing. So I think he's enjoying a little bit more, doing more that he really wants to do as well. Um, and he just did a class at University of Chicago, like a, like a higher-up business course that I guess kind of blew his mind too, and he's just doing more more stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he went on a couple of ski trips this year, and I was like, "Good on you, man! Like, I'm glad you're just enjoying some things. Like, you you work really hard to live the life that you're living, and it pays off. But I'm glad you're enjoying a little bit more. Yeah, because like he, like I said, he's in a lot of things. He's a hustler, dude. But yeah. uh, so that's one thing that I really appreciate is is how much he's created on his own accord. Like that he has created as mm-hmm. Hal Slager. And uh, that's one thing where I'm like, he's building his empire. And so when he asks to, hey, you want to go see one of my one of my properties, like one of his, you know, buildings with, with spaces that, you know, some are medical offices, some are account offices. And, and even if I'm not in the biggest mood to travel anywhere, I'm like, that's him building his empire. One day I'm going to want people to check out what I'm building. Mm. and so uh and we we work a little harder at our relationship i think you know me and him are we're homies we're super close but i mean you've met my mom too i'm i got more on my mom's side but like man me and my dad when we hang out when we bro like bringing the boat down the lake just me and him like those are those are cool times because we get to like shoot it he'll ask about you know the podcast and things and and everything else going on and i think i uh, I don't know if he was always as, as keen on me leaving certain jobs outside of others to try to gamble on myself, but I think he's seen that 
I can make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's not that he never believed in anything. They just want me to have the best situations. Yeah. But yeah, his entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit, there we go, brain to mouth, uh, and his, his drive man. And he's, he's someone that there's a couple things he's always said that will never, maybe I'll tattoo these too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, one thing Idea. You, you can't worry about the things you can't control. I mean, since I was a little kid complaining about calls that refs would make in basketball games, you know, like can't control that. Mm-hmm. Control what you do. If they're calling it one way, play that way. You have to. Uh, but he's always someone who has wanted to focus on leaving the world a better place than when he entered it. And that's like kind of his thing. He's like, if I leave this world better than when I found it, I've done my job. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. We talked about servant leadership with, with Murdoch. And I'm like, man, dad's just trying to serve. Mm-hmm. He's trying to leave it better than he found it. And so that's something that I've always respected there too. So, um, yeah, really appreciate my pops, man. He, he's given me a lot of blessings. Yeah. Pretty, pretty awesome life that I got. So Good. He's a cool guy. I met, yeah. I met him when I was up at your house a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a cool cat, man. He, uh, both my parents are rad. God, everyone, everyone goes to the stage like, oh, my parents aren't cool. My parents are cool as shit. I'm just here to tell everyone that. <laughs> <laughs> so right on. Uh, what you got for some book talk, brother? Yes, I took a page out of Dale Carnegie's How to Win. I saw you were going to bring it up. I got pretty, pretty jazzed about it. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, oh. This book, yeah, I, I will always say this book is the uh, the go-to for building business relationships. Mm. Personal relationships, to too. Uh, so the thing I want to talk about today is giving – the other person a fine reputation to live up to. So this is one of the ways you can improve a person, I think, is show that you respect that person for some type of ability that they have. So if pretty much showing confidence in what someone can become. Like mm-hmm. this goes back to what we talked about, not seeing someone as they currently are, but seeing as someone as what they can become in the future. Because if, if you have a good relationship with that person and you, you trust in that person to the point where you know they're going to develop into the person that they want to be, you should speak that into existence. And that means like if you want to improve a person in a certain respect, act as though that particular trait in them were already one of his or her most outstanding characteristics. So speaking in existence, if, if someone wants to be the top salesman at their company or a top performer at their company, talk to them and be like, yeah, that's going to be you. Like speak it as if it's already happened mm. and build it into regular conversation. Cause I think that that goes back to another principle he had in this book said, make people feel important. Um, but that's something I like to do with like my friends is speaking to them. Like that's what they're going to be like. And, and whether that's, even though it's not what they are now, you, you know that they're going to put in that body of work to get where they want. Mm. And a lot of people are internally motivated, but when they hear people say that to them, they will believe it. Like, you become what you think about. If people are in your ear telling you, hey, this is what you're going to become, that's an influential friend right there. Yeah. So I think that's just an important thing that stuck out to me from that book. That's uh, that's good and something that I think I need to put in words more. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think those things, but I don't say them to those people as often as I need to. Yeah. Like when you send me either you don't know on a deal or one just went through, like especially when you text me that you just landed another one, I'll usually do something in all caps, like whatever I may respond because I'm jacked up. But in the back of my mind, I still think like, 
he's the hardest worker in that in that room. Like I, I genuinely think that Tim is the best salesman Wildman has. I don't say that as often as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, our good friend Matt Feeney, he just finished med school. I think he's going to be one of the greatest doctors, especially to kids, that there's ever going to be. Mm-hmm. Just like because of his manners and just how he is. Yeah. But I don't say those things out loud enough. Mm-hmm. You know, our friend Breezy, he sells at Apex. I think he's one of the best salesmen I've ever talked to. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's just a natural killer. Yeah. And uh, him, him, I'll, I'll find myself kind of telling a little more. But still, it, it's those things where it's like when you, like you said, when you recognize that that they're the, they are that good, whether they have a down day or a down week, a down month of that reaffirmation of like, no, no. Look at the win column too. You're still doing just fine. Like mm-hmm. everyone's gonna have a loss. Yeah. Big Sean will help you get back. Big Sean, <laughs> bounce back, boy. I recognize so, that lyric. <laughs> so I uh no, I like that. And and I always like when we bring something up from Dale Carnegie because there's so many good lessons within that just holy grail of books that you always forget how good every single one is. So Thanks for bringing that up because that's, that's a good practice that I should get better at. One of those that for people it could be awkward at first until it becomes habit. So I think that's a – because I know we've talked about you know, even saying, hey, thanks for doing this. Or if it's unloading the dishwasher. I try to be better about that around the house. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for taking out the trash. Thanks for unloading the dishes. Just small stuff to where it's like that will help them continue to want to do those things mm-hmm. even when they're not that fun. Mm-hmm. But I like that. Give them the, the reputation to live up to. Yeah. That's good, dude. Whew. Dale Carnegie, man. He'll get me going any day. He's so, the man. What do you got? Uh, I got some Gary V. Hey. We're going to go Gary V on it. Yeah, I'm I haven't Gary brought v. this one uh, this one up. So his book, Crush It. Um, so last couple episodes, we've talked about building your personal brand, marketing, especially with Murdoch. We talked a lot about branding and things. And we've had some interviews where we've gotten deep in how do you market? How do you make people aware of what you're doing and why? And so I'm going to kind of read in and out of some of the notes I took while reading this chapter on building your personal brand. And developing that is key to monetizing your passion online. So whether you're delivering content from, you know, if it's a vlog, it's a podcast, it's, um, you know, if it's just written words, if you're doing YouTube, whatever it may be, and we talk about this piece, as long as it's authentically you. Mm. It, it is what you truly are, what you're truly giving off, and that is the one thing that is guaranteed to differentiate you from everybody else. Even if they're in the same type of niche, business model, uh, whatever they're trying to do, if you're the most authentic, long-term you'll win the game. You might see some real deep dives, some some lows early, but the authenticity is going to win the game for you. Like people want that honesty, that openness, that trans- transparency of what's going on. They want to know that you're also a real person, just like they are. And uh, he's like, one of the things he talked about is people don't realize that your personal brand and you and like your business need to be all one and the same, mm. no matter what you're selling. It's you who is getting sold first. Yeah. No matter what you have or offer as a service, uh, a, a tool, uh, 
a thing, whatever, you are selling you first. And yes. they, they see you before anything else. So if they don't like you, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. If they don't like you, it doesn't matter what you have. You might solve their biggest problem. If they don't like you, they're not going to trust you can do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I said, like, even if it's just your opinion, it needs it's that important. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's big. Yeah. And And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of noise out there. It's like, well, how do you filter? Like, there's so much out there. There's so many podcasts. There's so many YouTube series. There's so many blogs. Quality and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And and that's one thing he was big on, Gary Vee in the book. He said, quality is a tremendous filter. It's a great filter. But you're not going to have good quality if it's fake. So I was like, man, we've been on personal branding for a while. And... Something we're always looking at. How can we do better in promoting ourselves and what we do? And I was just like, quality and authenticity. So I know we thought we talk about being authentic all the time, and we want good content, but those are the filters we go after. Yeah. And so, no, like I said, no matter what the business is, those are the two things. Whether you're a detail shop, you're a construction company. Financial advisor, quality and authenticity. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, man, I need to pull one from Gary V. Yeah, because I haven't haven't pulled from that book, but that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crush it. Yeah, because I think going off that, people just love brands that are relatable mm-hmm. and that they have things in common. In and when you share like your highs and your lows and your, your journey to where you are. Everybody who achieves something meaningful is going to run into challenges in the meantime. And people, if people see brands that everything just seems perfect, they're going to seem like kind of disconnected from that brand. Whereas they, they see that brand going through a journey that you yourself are are going through as well. Mm -hmm. They're going to be more likely to buy into you and listen to you and trust you because they like you face challenges just like you. So be authentic, be yourself. Don't be someone you're not because you'll create a separation between you and your customer if all you're doing is just showing your perfect moments because people just won't, people won't be able to relate to you because no one's perfect. People will sniff that out too if you try to front. Yeah. Like, if you try to front, people are going to know. Yeah. And and it's, some people can see it faster than others, but eventually it'll get sniffed out. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not just saying the right things. You have to walk the talk. Mm Mm-hmm. So, which I, I like to think we're as authentically us as, as we can be on, on our mm-hmm. show. You know, we talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Yeah. So, and if there's ever something where it's like, hey, you need to elaborate more on this, I know you'll let me know. Like, hey, people need to hear more on that. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but they need to hear more because we've had that where people reach out on things we say and they're like, okay, we can't go back to not being that open. Yeah. So, Accountability. What? 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 You got anything else for this one, my man? Uh, I'm good. You are good. What? Great. What can I do? To, I was about to say. What can I do to make you feel great? Get you some frosted flakes, cause some, some, some more coffee. I I need a good cup of Joe. Oh yeah. Yeah, I could really use a cup of Joe. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, go get yourself a fresh cup. Been hanging for 50 minutes. I bet that's cold or gone. Mm-hmm. Get you a fresh one for the rest of your morning. Yeah. Hold you over till lunch. Kill this Tuesday. It's a it's a great day to get better. Oh, just it's a great kill day to the Tuesday. 
All right. Hey, everyone, uh, we really appreciate you listening, and thank you for your time, your ear. If you're liking the show, getting some value from it, uh, please head over to iTunes. um, Leave us a five-star rating and review. Tim said, and I quote, it only takes 30 seconds, 3-0. And after you do that, please send us a DM on Instagram at Off The Dome Radio that you did uh, with your name because we don't know uh, everyone's Apple IDs. So let us know you did so with a good mailing address, and we will send you a free laptop sticker on us. Thank you again. Until next time.